0: Stacking them deep, and selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking, baby. Then we're in it. Hello, guys. I am Corley Joy, driver of the seven. Uh, Chevy Camaro, Spire Motorsports, uh, 18th place finisher, 19th until Ross Chastain got DQ'd. For using the Joker lap, I'm joined by my good friends and usual band of characters, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hey, jam-packed show today. Looking it, forward to it, it, it is, man. A lot of pressure. To perform on this no one. No pressure. Yeah, it's a lot no of pressure.
1: pressure. It's just a normal show. It's a regular show.
0: We've got a driver. We've got an owner. We've got another driver. We've got kind a half-ass driver. Mm-hmm. We've got a pit crew
2: guy. And a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, and that fat ass I, I think you to true. is
2: none other than Jonathan Merriman. I thought we were friends. You tailing me on the highway in your big-ass truck. You and your root beer <laughs> colored <laughs> minivan. Hey, man. Toyota <laughs> Sienna. It's a nice ride. Dude, I wonder if a great. I wonder
0: if our guest here shortly is going to have a Toyota. I
2: thing. guarantee you, Denny Hamlin drives one. It might be a little more stickered up than mine, uh, but if he needs somebody, if, if we ever open a minivan division in NASCAR, I can guarantee you. That's the ride. I'm I'm the Tyler Raddick of minivan drivers, dude. I'm telling you right now. You look good behind
0: the wheel. And also, last but not least, Pit Rob was analyst, front tire changer for Ryan Blaney, podcast
3: producer as well, podcast yeah. producer, <laughs> as <well. laughs> Just uh, street
0: stock builder. There you go. Racing street stock here at Wilkesboro I called Corey
3: weeks. yesterday. I said, Hey, next time I call you and say, Hey man, I'm gonna build a race car. Hang the phone up, drive to my house, punch me in the face.
0: <laughs> and turn around and don't say anything. Yeah,
3: just not turn to, around uh, and leave and I'll know. Not 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 to uh, have it's done. it's romantic to think about going back to your roots and building a car and I did it with the midget. Why I, are you so lazy, dude? I mean oh, there's nothing worth nothing's face. worth having
2: that you can't you don't have to work for. I mean, you just want Except for it a street stock. What do you think, your Mike Don't come Schumacher? in here with your.
3: We <laughs> don't come in here with your dirty cowboy boots. To tell me about work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's uh, faux dirt. It's not real dirt. Yeah, it's
0: so. Joking. Well, just in just on the in the thread of North Wilkesboro, uh, I saw Dale Jr's running the old number three sun, sun drop car. Yeah, cool. Money. Hey Dale, race your first sun drop. Chef's kiss, love that first race back Wilkesboro.
3: Hey, look. If we thought I was dead. If Coca-Cola would like to get on board of the old 15 street stock to rival Dale Jr. Would you be a cherry lemon, I'm Sundrop? A, I'm open. Or a Sprite? Whoever pays the bills, man. Look, Dale Cheer Jr. One, I don't need a soda sponsorship. I need a soda <laughs> sponsorship. You
2: look more like a 7-Up guy, <laughs> guy anyways.
3: You, I'm, you know what soda I drink? Whatever one wants to be. He looks more panel. like a Perrier guy. Hey, Perrier. Yeah. Make 7-Up yours. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whoever wants to give us money, I'll paint it that color. <laughs>
0: yeah, heard that. We're a couple weeks away from that.
3: That thing gonna be ready to go or uh, what? I don't know. My friend that used to help me build race cars is too rich. Now he's a cup driver. So that is no true.
0: <laughs> that is true. I don't work. <laughs> hey, I, I will say this. Much, I don't work anymore, Chuck. He oh, he, he wasn't. He, was he works. Joey.
3: It's just different type of work. It is work. It's not. I thought he was talking about
0: Joey. It's not no, manual labor. Yeah. He wasn't on the in the fast pass lane. He's so a slightly so. less rich Thank than that joke. friend. He's, he's pinching job. some I'm of those lucky.
2: pennies he's stacking because he he wasn't taking the toll lane to Statesville. No, when
0: you're going north, man, you don't need that toll lane. Can we get this thing back on the rails? Talk about Indy. Let's do it. Unpopular take. Not a big road course fan at Indy. How do we fix it, guys?
2: I mean... Can you neck down going into turn one? Like... What, are you going to put a cone up? Like you're in Knoxville? You got to go around the cone for a restart? No, you you put like a heartburn turn at the Roval, right? Like a stack of five-wide tires, and you just neck down leading into turn one to narrow the field so you're not going seven deep. (sighs) Dude, you I, also get rid of the runoff area so Chastain can't go from 12th. What he, if we so,
1: what if we went backwards? There was no runoff but he didn't destroy his car when he did it. So like if you if you go into the tires and heartburn turn at the roval, your car
2: is almost Yeah, but what about you're going five wide and you got people tearing up stuff? In turn one and two. When the pay one opens up, it doesn't matter if it's five lanes wide or
0: one lane wide. There's gonna be more cars fighting for more real estate than there is, especially at a road course. That's just the way it is.
3: It's a product of what our race cars were and what they are now, right? Our race cars before did not really put on a great race at mile and a half or tracks like Indianapolis. We changed the car. Now we changed the tracks at the time to accommodate to, to accommodate the car. Now the car is better. So the car is better on ovals. We talked about this with places like Chicago or Kentucky, right? Where if they they missed it by two years. We might have to go back to a place like that. But the only way to fix the problems in the turn one is to make turn one at the other end of the track on the oval.
0: I, I agree. At about 200 miles an hour, preferably. <clears throat> now we can talk about big blades and downforce and horsepower and all the stuff to keep the cars packed up. But the Brickyard 400 was a crown jewel. The Indy Road course is not a crown jewel. And you will not be able to convince me otherwise, Chuck. But one other thing Greg Ives was on SiriusXM XM earlier this this week talking about the cars are also not as fragile cosmetically, right? You can yeah. square somebody up and knock the shit out of them. And they're going to bob a little bit and they're going to keep going. So when you know that you're going to stick your car in positions where you wouldn't have the previous car because you're worry about a fender rub or anything. Now you jam it in there because you know, if you don't jam it in that hole, the next guy is going to jam it in there and you're going to be the odd man out. It's just the gentleman's agreement, quote unquote is out the window. The general agreement anymore is run over somebody or get run over. That's where we're at as a sport. Well, right?
2: You mentioned Greg Ives and running over somebody talking pre-show. <laughs> the 48 and the four had an incident earlier in the day. The second incident you saw, I had a theory right in front of me, right in front of you. I had a theory when we saw that and didn't really get a good replay that Harvick was on the radio talking about bulldozing the guys that bulldozed in the first time. Yeah. The four and the 48 get together again. What did you see? So I was piecing it all together,
0: right? So the 48 was the one whose bumper. I believe turned the forty-eight, but there was like six other cars behind them and it was just a melee, right? And just the fact that the four went off the bumper, the forty-eight, he was the guilty one. But they said on Harvick's radio, there was like four or five, one guy running to one guy running to one guy running to you. He's right? gonna wreck all. He them. said, "Give me all five of them, cause I'm gonna wreck all of them." Right? He was over it. Well. <laughs> Whatever restart it was, whatever the four saw, the 48, didn't even give him a shot. We get through seven, and there's a, that right-hander. Then there's a like a, a quick left to go back up on the big track. Like the corner was going to the right and the four was just going hunting the quarter panel of the forty eight, wrecked in front of everybody. I bang it right through the grass, baha the thing a couple of times and grab a career, keep going. A caution didn't even come out actually, but yes, that's what happened to the forty eight. So you believe that was retaliation piecing it all together. Unless the four had a Kyle Larson into one moment where he just completely forgot where the corner was and where the brake pedal was, and I don't think Kevin Harvick would do something like that. Um, yes, it looked like retaliation to me. Cool, heard it Mamba, here first.
3: Uh, Mamba touched on this last week, but it looks also like quick shout out, quick shout out to Mamba. Mamba, top ten run, awesome job. No,
0: really and truly, you like, went there and helped him. I went there, uh, landed on, landed uh, with the team, drove straight there, was there for practice, came out of the truck, strong, blocked and tackled, ran all the laps, finished right behind Rajah Karuth. I don't
1: think he could have done a better job. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday when we release this, or any other day. The uh, f- You can watch the video of that on NASCAR's uh, so- social handles and on YouTube uh, yeah. Thursday the 4th. Yes. There you go.
2: And Mark yes. Mamba and the Mayor, which Mamba is on, hence the name, comes out Friday... Early in the morning this week, Maba also recaps his day with Jeff Burton and Mark Martin. So plug in all the NASCAR.com. Well,
0: stuff. as long as you are listening to this podcast, you can listen to yeah. other ones. But
3: as yeah, long as sure. you are listening to this one, because we have a big show coming up. One thing he touched on, though, was how crazy it was when we used to go, all of us would get together and go race go-karts at Victory Lane Karting or GoPro Motorplex. And that's what the end of these races look like now. There's no respect. You're just smashing into each other. And I think that's where, you know, on here, that's where Blaney gets in trouble. Blaney is a fair race car driver. Blaney doesn't put people in bad spots. He doesn't wreck people. He races clean, and he mm-hmm. expects to be race clean. Yeah. That is out the window at the end of these races.
2: You know that guy was pissed, too, because he's one that will tell you. That guy doesn't do a burnout with a car he just won in because he doesn't want to be the hell out of the race car. If, if he's post-race taking that same race car and jacking yeah. people up like yeah. he's... He's pissed. I there's also n- told you he wasn't going to win a race. There's
3: nothing that makes you feel worse when you play by the rules. Mm-hmm. You, you feel like, and you get beat by somebody who didn't. Yeah. And you're like, man, I got put three wide middle here. But what he didn't see with Suarez is Suarez got launched into the corner. Right.
0: Same way with Bowman you, you, hey, the only two things that we see the race out of is our windshield and our rearview mirror, right? Yeah. You don't see the guy three car lengths back.
3: Now what Suarez didn't do is going to do is he did get launched into one the two car hit him launched him in the one he did not get back to the right though i don't know if he re- didn't realize blaney had the 16 in the grass and blaney the energy just went through blaney's car instead right. of through the 99 but
2: that he was also out. that was also back to back restarts where blaney got door slammed or bumped he was because, middle. because the one before that the 24 comes in smacks into the 12 the 12 hits the 9 the 9
3: goes spinning and then that brings out the caution again so and the 9's mad at the 12 there instead of, so the only way To make sure that you are not the odd man out there is not be three wide middle. You got to be the one closest to the curve. That's what it seemed like. So I've got a
1: question and I, I understand from the competitor standpoint that this is not an ideal way to race because you're tearing up gear. You're getting frustrated at competitors from someone watching it on TV. Not at the track, not calling out highlights, watching it on TV. It was an entertaining end to the race. Now, at the end of the day, which, which is more important? And I, I know there's not, there's not a right answer to this, but this is that sort of debate thing. <coughs> is entertainment or competition? Or is there somewhere where those
3: two can meet in the middle? There's got to be a place for both. The, the thing that the, the thing that I'm entertained with? You can still be entertained with good racing. Correct. It doesn't have to be running over each other. But, Mate, if you but want mayhem, go to is Monster Jam. Right.
2: who But whose fault is it? Go to is your is state that? fair. Because there are 36 to 40 guys out there that each have a clutch, brake, gas pedal, and a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. It's not the racetrack's fault. Was
3: it's whoever's shoving it in there. Was the truck race entertaining? Because I thought it was a show. Watching the ARCA race
1: versus the truck race, I felt that the truck race was more entertaining. Granted, it's a bigger field. You're going to have more side by side, three wide, four wide action. IRP put on a good show with both of them. I thought I thought it was entertaining, but it's two different styles. Like ARCA, they're racing the track. They're racing, you know, to stay on the lead lap at that point. Because I mean, you had four cars on five, seven cars on the lead lap. See, so that's
0: it. That in that what you just asked, right? It's opinionated because right. he it thinks the truck races shit show i thought it was fairly entertaining now i, I wish taylor gray didn't get wrecked for the lead because he deserved the win but like there was different strategies irp is just the us racetrack we need to be going there with the cup cars but that's another conversation for another day because chuck yep our guest is here and my man's two-time winner in the cup series let's go let the man in the show shall we
1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire
3: knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's
0: a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn
3: more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: All right, guys. Denny was right here in studios in Stacking Pains with us. We broke down all sorts of stuff, so make sure you do not miss that tomorrow right here on the podcast but here's a little clip of what you guys are going to get into so you've seen the trend from 06 till 2022 at what point did you see a tangible shift in the respect that drivers shown each other oh man
1: uh five years ago maybe it's starting to be pretty crazy now i mean i watched some of the replays of those restarts and in the wreck that happened at third place starts at 20th my career resurged, you know, in 2019 when we started to put more of an emphasis on give me more information because I'm just, that. that's what makes me tick. I, I truly don't believe that I'm a top tier talent in our sport. I just think that I've been blessed with really good work ethic. How involved is OMJ? MJ? He's not involved in the day-to-day, Curtis Polk is my, my yeah. guy on that, Um but he's, he's, we communicate every week. I have funds, but I don't have Michael Jordan funds, right? So, um, you know, we're, we're in this deal together. If you look ahead to 24, are you building another car? Or are we going to a third car team? I don't know. I'm going to get them and I'll figure out the details later. Obviously, Ross Chastain is a hot topic. That's
0: a hatchet. Do you think that it's buried at the moment? I, I I'm not sure. Man, we talked about Denny locking himself in a hotel room. We talked about maybe a third car, 2311, for Tyler Reddick. We talk so much stuff that you guys have never heard about Denny right here in Stacking Pennies. And we're going to be welcoming the Indianapolis winner and future driver for 2311, Tyler Reddick, right here on the show after this. Holy moly, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have one good race car driver on the show. We have two. That is Tyler Reddick joining us right here on Stacking Pennies in studio. Congratulations. Thank you. Where's yeah, your was, ring?
4: <sighs> I should have brought it with me. I really dropped the ball on that. Is it heavy? I, I mean, it's not heavy, but I've I've already dropped it once. I'm not afraid to admit that. Mm. There's a good story behind it. Well, I say it's a good story, but it's a story. How about that? That's Every time one. I look at the nick on it, I'll be like, yeah, I remember how that happened. But... And you know
0: exactly the spot it fell. Did it fall on the bricks?
4: It, it fell at um, my car chief's Clay's house. Uh, we were celebrating a little bit after the race, and I think I was handing it off to somebody else, and I fumbled it and pff, fell, hit the ground, and I first looked at it. Probably because we were a few deep. I'm like, oh, it looks perfect. <laughs> no scratches. The next morning I woke up and looked at it. I'm like,
0: well, oh, dang. You wouldn't have been the first guy to flex on with the ring on the show. Austin Cindric wore not only the ring, but he also wore the leather jacket. Yeah. Yep. But was he sweating by
4: the end of the show? Because,
0: I no, mean, we were, sorry. we were asking him the hard hitting questions. Not so much, though. But how did you turn into such a damn good road course racer?
4: It's pretty simple. I just. I put a lot of time and effort into it. Uh, it really started in the off season, uh, coming off my my rookie season in the in the Cup Series. Every single road course we go to, I think I was about, I don't know, thirtieth place on speed, and if cars would wreck. We'd get to about fifteenth, stuff like that. But um, I couldn't I couldn't do anything right in a braking zone. I could get beat by three or four car lengths by a lot of different people. Uh, how is my mindset and looking at and how to approach this corner versus that corner was was all wrong i pretty much approached every corner exactly the same and when you have some ovals where your approach works good naturally Mm -hmm. um like homestead i guess it works out okay but when you go to places like the roval or watkins Glen, sonoma you know you got to have a different approach for each of those tracks and i just didn't really even understand really even begin to understand what what looking at road course racing was like
0: so what are some of the tools that you went from being a 30th using your terminal, a 30th place road course guy to one of the dominant guys on, on the circuit right now. What's that? SMT? Is that track days? Is it simulator combination? I mean, of all that's,
4: of you can use a lot of different things. I think just putting the time and effort in is the big part, whether you do it on iRacing or if you have time in, in the simulator, for example, for my example, Chevy simulator, getting spent time in the off season. And that was huge. Um, going and doing some road racing, um, on the side, that's helpful too. Just putting in that time and effort and being really intentional about it, I think, is the biggest thing. And for me, really wanting to improve from where I was really motivated me to get get there.
3: Now, putting time and effort into something doesn't always equate success, right? You have to be putting the time and effort in the right way and towards the right stuff. So, the people around you, like like Randall Burnett's a stud, right? I, and we just talked about Andy Dickerson, your engineer. Like, are they? It's a whole team effort to get better at this. Absolutely. So you have to work together. So if you're pulling yeah. the rope, they all have to be pulling the rope the same way. So like, what does that, like how, how much of them pushing you that direction and working on road course stuff. And like you should have won California you should have won the dirt race, stuff like that. H- how is that working with them? The people surrounding you?
4: Oh, really, really well. I mean, we, 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 we've been working together, uh, you know, me and Randall for a little bit longer, but like, like Andrew and and some of the others, we've been working together for even, even with, uh, just the cup career, this is our third year together. So we know each other really well. We know how to work well together and we know what wanting to get out of the time that we put in, whether that's in the simulator or how we prepare a race car. So there's a lot of people that, that dedicate a lot of time and effort into making the road course racing better. Um, another, another huge Piece of helping me get better is Byron Daly. He works at RCR. He really kind of would guide me and get me out of my bad habits and really motivate me and and get my brain thinking in new ways to to look at a corner. And when you go to a place like Indianapolis, you know, I think car dependent, you know, you could be driving that that track three or four different ways depending on how your car drives, I think. And and looking back at at the race and and some of the SMT data from Sunday's race, you know, there was quite a bit of parity between you know, the top five and how they're approaching, you know, the slow sections, like from turn turn one to turn four and, and turn seven to turn turn 10.
0: As we all know, winning solves everything, right? So
4: I see you kissed the bricks next to RC,
0: but if you rewind a couple of weeks and you do the announcement going to 2311 for 24, how was those next couple of days walking through the RCR shop?
4: Well, I was I was in the shop later that day. I had a, a pile of stuff to sign, but... Um, I, I heard...
0: A little bit of the backstory. So Denny got a hotel in winston Got a conference what? room, yeah. Because he also knew that, obviously, word would get out when RCR was notified. He had less than 10 minutes, right? So you left RCR, went to a hotel. Yeah. Conference room, yeah. When you went back to RCR, how was that?
2: <laughs>
4: I was, like, on a tiptoeing in a little bit. Were you wearing
0: the 2311 shirt though? Did you no, at least take it off? No, no, of course I took
4: <laughs> it off. Yeah. I Actually, I didn't even wear a 2311 shirt in the in the uh, announcement. I was wearing a black T-shirt. Mm. Um, but no, I, I did have an RCR shirt with me because earlier that day we were shooting some, ironically enough, some partner thank you videos for, you know, hey, 3G, thank you for all the support. Thank you for everything you do type of thing. So yeah. I was at the shop earlier that day doing videos for a Red America win. So that you know just another thing that makes it more interesting, right? So um, I had some more things I needed to finish doing at the shop. I don't really get to... Comes not that close, and with with, with Bo and, and trying to spend as much time at home as I can. And on top of that, uh, put the effort and time I feel like I need to into training. I really only get up to RCR about once a week. So going back later that day to finish up what I was doing certainly was a little interesting, but I didn't bump in a lot of people because I think most were on their way and heading home about four or five o'clock. And I was there signing stuff till about six or seven.
0: Did you have to like duck past RC's desk? Or office?
4: Well, RCR is kind of of a maze, uh, the upstairs, like it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Like I definitely the first couple of weeks that I went to that shop, um, trying to get from someone's off Randall's office to Danny Lawrence's office to Richard's office. I get completely lost because there's not a lot of windows unless you're, you know, have an office that's along the perimeter of the building. So it's very easy to get lost in that building. So
0: you're making a big jump, obviously a year and a half from now. So how do you remain focused at the job at hand. Obviously, you're a perennial playoff contender. The eight teams hitting on all strides, seems like, leading into the playoffs and for a playoff run. And also, the entire year next year, knowing that you're gone the following. How do you keep everybody around you pumped up at the mission at hand?
4: Well, thankfully, I think what what initially helped with a lot of that is the speed that we already have and we've shown all year long. you know, That was kind of coming off the tail of of winning at road America. Uh, so we already know that we go out there and win. And so for me, you know, just taking advantage of the time that we have and and really capitalizing on what we have in front of us. Um, and and all of us are really on board on doing that. I mean, it would, it would be a a difficult thing, right. To really tail off and go the wrong direction. And I just know that this team and this group won't do that. We won't accept that. Um, and I feel like this weekend kind of, kind of showed that to everybody else that probably. I'm sure there was people out there doubting it, but our team wasn't.
0: Did you think your first two career wins would be on a road course?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no. Dude. Like. I, I, well, I, I guess last year on the road courses, after we did put in the work that we did and we got better, getting the pull at Coda, I was feeling really good about the race. And yeah. then the monsoons came, right? And that really changed everything oh, for us. Goodness. We had a really good car in the dry there that year, but never really saw a lap in the dry in the race. What
0: was the shift? Because road course racing is as much confidence as, in your abilities to get deep into the braking zones, to uh, pass cars and get a little bit deeper, or apexes like you talked about approaching the corners differently. When did the switch flip or the knob get turned up on the confidence level? Before, because you can't just show up to Coda without like having knowing you're going to be a thirtieth place guy and then go get the pole, right? Like your confidence going into the weekend, something changed. Yeah, knowing that you had the speed capable enough to be competitive.
4: Well. I guess for me, I've noticed over the years, my confidence comes from the work I put into it, whether that's spending time in the gym, um, spending time in the simulator, going through the right motions, making sure that we're bringing everything that we want on our race car to the racetrack. Just putting that time and effort in for me gives me the confidence that I need. Um, When I, yeah, I I, I had another thought, but it's gone.
1: Uh, I want to go to that final restart at Indy when obviously the one goes through one and shortcuts the turn there what's going through your mind when you see oh
4: here's the one yeah now on i have to battle reason. him like <laughs> what's going through your mind there i was kind of like dang it i uh i was aware of the potential of this right like the if, joker lane is what we've been calling no, it no i mean it was the access road and it served a purpose right and you know just with the way the rules were set up for this week and i feel like it kind of got left out there for the taking and no, no. it says you cannot shortcut
1: turn one. And
0: well, that, why do we that, even
1: have an access road? Spoken what?
0: like the true guy that reads the driver's piece. Yep. He
1: had to perform a stop and go in the motorcycle cycle section in turn twelve. So if you shortcut it, you had to do a stop and go. So that like that was in the driver. I, I don't
4: remember when the, in the the messages I saw ever seeing anything about having to perform. I'm Something not going go right. to go avoiding. He actually said it, but <laughs> well, I mean, he did say the drivers meeting video. You're is right. there? But, but
0: I was behind four or five guys over the course of the weekend. Not going to name names, but the three, the five, a couple other guys that cut it, gained about four or five car lengths and never stopped, yeah. and it was never caught.
3: Yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough go. But what was it like? Man, I I forgot. Like when I was watching the last lap that he cut that to get to you, and I was yeah. like, man, the two car they might, you know, mess with each other, and a yeah. two car might get there if. That Ross cuts turn one, and then you guys wreck. Does it warrant you punching him in the face? That's what I would <laughs> wonder. Because, like, I think so. Like, I don't want to fight much at the track, but that's like, you just cut the track. I dominated this race. I did everything right on the restarts. Because I was with, we were third. And I'm like, man, I but really like. But you strike like, me more uh, of a lover, not a It fighter.
4: would depend on how, it, I mean, me, me and Ross get along really, really well. I know there's a number of drivers um, including, I think, one that was just on here that, yeah. that may not at times. But yeah. me and him race really, really well against each other. And I think we always have and we'll continue to do that. So
3: it depends this, on
4: the situation.
3: I and, ask this as knowing that you're the guy that got wrong the most this year with the Chase Briscoe deal, and you handled that
4: very well. So I'm just trying to figure out where your breaking point is. Yeah, Because I know well, a I lot think, of people wouldn't I have... think I think part of that is – I look at one thing like dirt racing and I look at another one like road course racing or, or asphalt racing. So the move that he made was was crazy. It was it was ballsy. It was a move that I had to make on a couple others throughout the race and it was sketchy. But I kind of knew it was, was coming. I didn't know I guess it was gonna play out the way that it did. I don't think he did either. Once he got in there he knew he was in trouble, but I don't know, that's just so I grew up dirt racing.
0: What's it gonna take to get mad enough to punch somebody in the face? <laughs>
4: <laughs> we, i guess we'll find out when we see it i mean yeah i circumstances will have to play out i i, I don't know thankfully it didn't come to that but yeah i mean did you like, know like that seeing he, what joey did was very frustrating for sure you know on that on that i guess it was it the final restart second to last the second one. to last restart yeah that was frustrating but i mean obviously in the position he was in he wasn't racing for the win there but yeah if you just get i mean someone driving your back bumper and just shoves you off the racetrack that's yeah that's a pretty good one
1: so on that final lap when you're battling with ross like there were a couple of times that look okay if you dorm you could get him out of the way what's what are you thinking when you're racing him there is it just i'm going for that win is anybody saying hey he's got to do this he shortcut this or is
4: it they're quiet and you're just going after and my spotter derek nealon was a bit a bit uh animated on the radio he was pretty fired up about what happened uh you know Ross being able to get up alongside of us, uh, going into turn in, in turn two or in turn three mm-hmm. into four. So I understood his frustration because I was like, you know, what the heck? But I mean, again, um, do you, you think know, we had to race him at that point? And and for me, if I get too caught up in trying to move him out of the way instead of just passing him clean or or trying, you know, set up a pass efficiently, you know, I, I'm putting myself in a spot of if if I use Ross up then. I opened the door for him to use me up, and then, you know, right. we had we had Austin right back there, too, that could capitalize on it.
0: With all that being said, I feel like your ability to close races, obviously, is speaking for itself, but that was kind of the the narrative up until Road America, right? Second a bunch of times, hauling ass a lot of races, whether tires down, whatever the case may be, you should have been in victory lane multiple times before that. Do you think Tyler Reddick last year, if that would have happened, same scenario, do you think you'd have been composed in the same way you were on Sunday?
4: On a road course, I think so. Um, but certainly the room for error on downshifts and some of those things are definitely different. In fact, in a turn seven, I, I had a little bit of a mishap going from second to first with Ross. And and the little the, the amount that you wheel hop these cars when you miss a shift is, is less. You have to be pr- more precise, I feel like, with the downshifts and the upshifts with this new car, with mm-hmm. sequential gearbox. Um, but the mistake I feel like I make in the old car uh, would have, I would have paid a much larger penalty than, than what I did with the new car. With so a big wheel hop, in yeah, with wheel it. hopping. So I feel like racing wise, it. I don't know if much there has changed for me. I'll um, take that a step further. If you
3: don't win at Road America and you're racing for your first win, does desperation take over? Because you already have a win, and now this guy, like if that if that's racing for your first win and he does that, do you put your, like the maturity you showed on two restarts, and then to be able to put yourself in good position on two restarts and to to be able to beat him and also to win with a helmet painter as your second spotter also shows how good you are but yeah if that's your if that's for your first win
4: shout out to Gris. is it is it shout any different it, it's it's really hard to say uh, i feel i truly believe that from the work and the discipline i tried to bring to the event and the work that we put in would would keep me from going to that place but i honestly couldn't tell you maybe something would have been different but I don't know. I I feel strongly in the work and preparation I would have put in that would have kept me from going to that place because I feel like, you know, a place like Road America, you you get into the banging doors. I'm sure you saw it. You know, when guys got racing really, really hard side by side, you could close up up to him right in a heartbeat yeah. depending on where it would happen you could go by both of them so yeah. you had to be smart about how you would battle
3: so three or four months ago before your win at road america we were at millbridge and you were going through. you were just going through it i was right you, had, you i you i even jumped your shit yeah like we talk i've known you for a long time I did your your first truck races together at bkr and, and
0: how'd that one go by the
3: way yeah uh, he blew well we went to we went to um, gateway <laughs> and he blew the transmission out before he got to the green flag
4: that, was that the f- that first year I did? Yeah, second year, third, I guess I did. Third, fourth,
3: third, second, yeah. fourth, uh, which it's sequential. There was about three or four
4: y- uh, races that year. Dover, we had really good Dover,
3: trucks. the transmission deal. I said, this is going have to learn how to shift.
4: Yeah, no, I did. <laughs>
3: but I, mean, <laughs> I had to learn this back. we talked a lot about, like I told you about Corey and and myself working on, men- you know, just mental toughness and meeting with sports psychologists. And we, we had talked about that. But you're a guy that confidence, if you're confident, it's dangerous. And I, and we know that, but when you're not confident, it's also dangerous the other way. Mm -hmm. So sitting here today, you're a lot different than you, you're, you're a lot, your demeanor is a lot different than it was three months ago when we were at Millbridge. Even there, you qualified on the pole, you knocked the ladder out of it in the heat race, you were in the B main, something happened, you were ready to punch a hole through the trailer wall. Now, a lot of times, you don't understand the full scope of the situation, right? I didn't understand that you were in the midst of big-time contract negotiations at that time, right? You don't always understand what people are going through. Was that something at that time that was weighing on you? Now that that's done, or is there? There's always a little bit more to the story. So, what's the demeanor of Tyler Reddick now, as it was three months ago, and what has helped build that confidence? Obviously, winning, but also stuff in in the in your personal life, like you know, figuring out where you're going to be. I think, term.
4: yeah, I mean, I think it played a role in it, but I think more than anything, it was, you know, it, it gets a little it gets a little old when, uh, you know, you have the speed, things are going right. And, you know, you're one, one little mistake or two away every race from capitalizing on that and winning. And so I definitely was starting to let that weigh on me a little bit. We'd had a number of races, um, even at that point where just, you know, I, I that's just the way I chose to look at at, at Bristol. If I just would have ran the top a little bit better the last couple laps that that move wouldn't have been in the play for, for chase. Um, I, I try to look at at Fontana the one time I went below the the white line on the front straightaway is when we had the left rear tire go down, just trying to do too much, just little mistakes here and there. So those definitely weighed on me, but, um, it was really great to get that win and know, okay, finally, geez, we had a, a day without a mistake and look what it, what it brought us. It brought us a win. And uh, I look at how, in my opinion, Indy went, it went, pretty much mistake free all weekend long. And we got another win. There's been a lot of races this year, even Pocono. I made a few mistakes on the final restart or, uh, you know, mistakes that were made in the beginning of the race that could have shifted our whole track position for the rest of the day and put us in a different spot, maybe to, to capitalize on the two, you know, Gibbs cars getting penalized and winning that. So I probably, again, I'm a, i am I feel like I tend to be a little too hard on myself, but that's how I really learn from it and get better from it. So then he sat here
0: for about 45 minutes, was hanging out with us, and he mentioned something I picked up on. I asked him why, what's the motive or the thought to go get his guy, like he said mul- on multiple occasions, being you, a year and a half before you're going to be in a race car for him, for 2311. He also said he knew that you were negotiating with other teams because you were already on the block. What made you choose the vision there at 2311, what those guys are trying to build over the potential other
4: people that are on the bidding? Well, I just, I just feel like where they've come in the last year and a half as as a team is pretty impressive. I mean, it's, it's really tough to go cup racing. We we've all been in cup racing. We understand it. It's not an easy sport and for the things that they've been able to do, the people they're working with um, and, and how attractive that place is for, for, for others that, Maybe looking to go somewhere else in the future, right? I feel like just a great place. The mindset that the Denny has, and, and the people that he has um, working with with twenty three eleven, um, doing doing the things, making the decisions. Um, just, I just really like the mindset and the approach that they have, and their vision for the place. So, for me, that was something that I was really excited to be aligned with and be a part of. And um, you know, announcing it in advance had had certainly has advantages for 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 the team and figuring out what they're gonna do in the next, you know, year and a half. So when did, you know,
0: is it the conversations, like when, when do those little like seeds get to start? Like, it's like rubbing elbows at the urinal at Daytona Beach? Like, you know, how, when did the interest become of both parties start to like, actually start to materialize?
4: Well, you know, me and Denny had the opportunity to race pretty close together um, a number of times. And, you know, it just, just kind of started casually and this is the more the more that we 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 got to speak to one another more we got to race one another you know um the more it became obvious and then finally he i I wouldn't say it became obvious i was kind of caught off guard by it but he told me hey whatever you got going on in the future keep me in the loop and and let me know because we're really interested in having you and the time that he said that i was a bit bit caught off guard because we hadn't won any races obviously right but the moments of, of greatness were there, like we had the speed, this or that. And um it was just really cool that a guy like him, um, people like like Michael Jordan and the people that, that are aligned with twenty three eleven believe in what I can do and wanna want me to be their driver. I mean, that's gotta be a bit of a confidence boost.
1: Like knowing yeah. that you haven't won, then you get that and it's like, All right, now I'm gonna go out here and boom, when it wrote America.
3: Now I hate going back to moving right like you're moving teams and but but i like i'm a team guy and i like the behind the scenes stuff that maybe people don't get to see now obviously it's going to be awkward when you talk to ownership or whatever you understand like richard and all that but when you had to go in and sit down with the a team and tell them hey man this is what i'm doing and it's a long-term play who who do you feel like you were the most worried about telling on your team and then second part of that question you guys are strong championship contenders and, and it keeps coming up about having to work with them the rest of the year or next year. I, I know your guys, I know they're, they're badasses and they're behind you, but how do you, how do you keep the wheels on that and keep the distractions out? But first off, who, who was the most,
4: like, did you feel like most awkward telling what you were going to do? I mean, I didn't really know until I got in that moment, um, when I got to talk to them, but, uh, you know, certainly, you know, some took it harder than others. That's for sure. Um. And that just, and the reason that is because of how committed they are to, to what we're doing. So yeah, it was, it was certainly tough sledding for, for us. We had to figure out, you know, we, 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 understood what, what's in front of us, but, but again, you know, we, we just, we just won. We know that we can do this together as a group. And so, you know, we just really rallied behind the, the fact that we, we can go out there and win and we can keep doing this. We just got to really dig down deep and not necessarily even do anything more than what we have been doing. We just got to get back to doing what, what we just did like a week and a half ago and we're going to be just fine. And for me, um, I, I don't know how to what percentage wise or what, but but certainly knowing like this is, you know, I I can't tell you the exact number race I have. Right. But like, you know, it's a year and a half, you know, it's not a, I don't have an indefinite amount of time to keep making, you know, the cars and the, and, and, and us as a team going up this ramp. Now we got to get it done while we have, you know, in the year and a half that we have. So for me, place a nice, I think sense of urgency, I think has been good for me. You know, I've always been very intentional about, about the work that I put in and the time that we spend and taking advantage of it, making the most of it. Um, if anything, I think it just, it's one of those things in life. Nothing is forever uh, in, in life. And certainly one day I'll be done racing, hopefully not for a while. But it, it kind of lets us know that this is our, our, you know, this is our lifespan. This is what we have in front of us. Let's go capitalize on it.
0: If the playoff started tomorrow, how deep do you think that a team's capable of going?
4: I've been so focused on the tracks ahead. I couldn't even tell you what, I can't even really tell you right off the top of my head what tracks are in the first round right now. Chuck, but I know, do you know? Darlington, Kansas, Bristol—all places you're good. at. That's all a good places. first round for me. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, asphalt there's no Bristol, dirt on Bristol. On this asphalt Bristol with this new car might be yeah. a completely new challenge. For
0: well, unfortunately, us. it's concrete, pal. I
4: said asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm leaking information. <laughs> I, wish. I don't. know Do we but pave on top
0: of the dirt because Junebug would be <laughs> jumping be a nice for joy? would would <laughs> be like,
4: oh hey I, mean, I love concrete Bristol, but that'd hey, be pretty cool. Don't
0: put it by Marcus to just go off of you know the beaten path and do something wild.
4: That is What's a first. <laughs> that is a first. I mean, yeah. that's right up your we wheel. We kind of fell rate. into the trap of being like, oh, this is, our, this is our round. Like, we can get through this no biggie. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year's playoffs, and me and Randall had to learn this the hard way. We kind of got overly focused on all the little details, and we just never had the basic conversations of, hey, we're getting ready to run at Darlington for the Southern 500. We're going to go from the daytime to nighttime and just being on the same page of how we want to adjust our car. And we got in the race and we were fine. We took off. By the end of the race, we were so lost together. Just. It was not not good, but thankfully we went through that experience and learned from it. Um, and I think Kansas, we had a fast car. I made a mistake late. Like the first round for us, we had great potential to to, to run good at, and I fumbled all of them. So good feeling strong round.
0: about the first
1: round, the second
4: round, Chuck, Texas, Talladega, and the Roval. So you got a Roval. might have so. to bank on the Roval. <laughs> 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 I mean, w- with this car, we've we've seen Texas and Talladega could be um, very difficult, oddball type races. And then of
1: course your round of eight, Las Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville. Two of those tracks are good for me. Two Vegas
3: I and mean, Martinsville are my, you lay my best tracks
4: in that round.
1: You lay it
0: out, man. <laughs> What's I mean? Who knows? Could be seeing know that eight car in the final the wall four with this car. Yeah, Homestead. I don't know. Oh, I could. I, I sure really was actually, You're gonna be yeah. figuring it out. I was actually <laughs> really
4: worried about that. I'm not gonna lie with this new car, but we went to Fontana and in practice figured out pretty quick. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. Still can Still Do can. you think this car is? Comparable, equal, or better running or, the fence?
4: Just, I would say you don't get, I, I don't feel like you gain as much speed as the old car did. Um, I was able to go to a place the last time we were at Homestead with the old car that I didn't even know was there for, for yes, like a long it's time. It's called <laughs> warp speed. <laughs> Dude, <it's, laughs> the, the car. I mean, the way that the spoiler and, and the the ducts and just the, the way that body with that car was. You could just get like, I mean, just, just no, closing like this. Even and do, you can't
0: even do, can't even, couldn't fit that. You couldn't fit this damn
4: piece of paper. And it you. was a matter of going like being like a 10th or two faster. Then all of a sudden, like half a second faster. It was then ridiculous. I don't know if this new knows. car has that because some of the effects underneath it, I feel right. like at some point you choke that off underneath the car, um, which is how it all works. So I, I think the wall will still be important, but I don't know how, how much of a factor. Coleman like. Presley last
3: year. Everybody wants to talk about the five car. He would
4: that every
3: week it was <laughs> uh lap 10 everybody's on the bottom the only one making time of the fence is the eight he's the only one up there every week like we anywhere we'd go you'd be up there coming to
4: the front well so. it was cleaned off because we were clean it off
0: <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It I don't, I'd go off. there
4: too right. soon and, and rubber it in and then it'd be gone I mean it wouldn't be gone gone but
0: well you also once you start it. passing everybody making speed up there everybody else clogs your lane that's how it works but wrapping all that up it looks like the number eight car has who knows, man? You can make a little run of this thing.
1: I mean, do I we need have to, some great tracks in there for us? Do I need to go over the final round? It's Phoenix. It's Phoenix. <laughs> Phoenix. Okay. How'd it you looked-
4: do with Phoenix early in the season? We were good there. How'd we've you- had this uh, well Where'd you finish? I don't we've had this odd trend of being really good in the spring and, and had to work on it a little bit when we get back in the fall, but hopefully we don't have that problem again. We've been man. pretty good at the flat tracks. <laughs>
0: I don't know what championship odds are at the moment, but y'all might want to s- sprinkle a couple bucks on the old eight, hearing a lot of confidence, that old TR here sitting next to me. Before you go, buddy, we got two questions. I just asked uh, your future boss, DH, what his answers were. But number one, your most embarrassed moment, most embarrassing moment at the racetrack.
4: <laughs> Mine personally, um, hmm, dang, I got to think about that. I've got a lot of them.
0: I know, just give me a good one. One
4: of them. Good one. Yeah. Huh. Missing
0: a shift before the green flag. That's oh, that would be pretty good. <laughs> but we covered that.
3: Wasting my whole day.
4: Uh, <laughs> um, I got a good one. Once once the cameras are off, it's, it's relatable. All right. uh, the dads will understand. Well, they're How off right now. Is. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're <laughs> off. Okay. No, Alexa would kill me if I told you. It's about Bo, obviously. Um, I can't think of my most embarrassing. I mean, I got a lot of them. That's the problem. It's okay. You couldn't steal a golf cart and almost
3: drive in a pool, run you over with it. Yeah, so that, was, that was pretty. If cool. you feel like a bad, but dad, most embarrassing I'm terrible at the track.
0: There. Yeah, like like wrecking early, doing something dumb. Oh, homestead when you throttled back and Randall's like, "No, there's still one lap to go."
4: Yeah, that one was pretty embarrassing. All right, yeah. we'll go with that. I'll I, I that think before. Homestead is a good one. Yeah. yeah, that is a good one. The rest of them, I mean, they were at the racetrack, but not really around <laughs> racing.
0: <laughs> uh, and we'll save those for stag of Pays after dark. Um, question number two, if you had to pick one race car and one racetrack for the rest of your life, what are you going with? I've heard about this question and
4: I wasn't prepared for it. Shame on me. Oh, man, I think I'd have to go with You're 12 to one championship. i just just letting you know.
0: Twelve
1: to one. Yeah. yeah. Open the season at thirty-three to one. Wow, that's pretty good.
0: Mm. Dirt track, no, F1 no track, Rockingham.
4: I would say, if one car, we'll start with the car. Okay. It would be, it would be the Mercedes W twelve. Okay. That that Lewis and all those guys were just super dominant in. Yep. That car looks like a lot of fun, and yep. it's on iRacing, so I yep. I, I pretend that I am an F one driver every now and again. The only thing I end up doing on
0: iRacing, I might start at the track we're racing that week, and then I always end up in an F one car, Watkins Glen.
4: That's the only thing I do. Track. I do. And he sucks it's not it.
0: applicable. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: I don't. Sucks but your at rig, racing. No, your rig sucks. It's, it's not even real at this point anymore, but I mean, it, it, it just wouldn't work. Like the, the track's too bumpy. It's too old and we're out. But my favorite, one of my favorite tracks to drive just from how many different corners it has and how much you have to memorize is Nürburgring. Nürburgring. You heard it here first yeah. on, on Stack and Pennies.
3: Tyler Reddick with as good as he's doing in road course, next American <laughs> F1 driver. <laughs> There yeah. you go. Everybody's asking. Breaking I, news on I think I'm a little old yeah. for that. Yeah. But, but hey, man, I People
0: can talk about Colton Hurta,
4: yep. Pat O'Ward. You're the guy. All these guys. You're the guy. Little did you know. I've got not enough. I've dang near got, got zero. I've got zero open-wheel asphalt experience. Well, it was all on dirt. Let's start today. Yep. You can, right you're,
0: now? You're, yes. You're starting <laughs> your F1 bid. You're probably going to drive for McLaren like every other guy that's driving for any team right now, <laughs> Might as well, right? <laughs> right. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler Reddick, congratulations. Thank you. Indy winner, congratulations again, and good luck with your number eight playoff hopes, buddy.
4: And F1 career.
0: And F1 yes. career. I'll see you on the. I'll see you at the on the I'll on the grid. On,
4: see on the grid. Can we get passes? Can, can you get, passes? can you get me and Corey passes I'm from showing up yeah, in the paddock? Yeah. <laughs> Let me in the paddock.
0: All right, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the meat of this show, Chuck, has been quite good with Denny Hamlin, followed up by our Verizon 200 winner, Tyler Reddick, giving us some great stuff. I know we went long-winded. This is a longer show than usual, so we will keep Pit Road Boats and Woes brief. Who was the best on Pit Road this weekend?
3: Boo! Get your tickets! (laughs) The three-car wins the day, followed by the four- and the two-car top five, shaking up a little bit, getting here towards the playoffs. How much slower is a backward stop than a normal stop? About a second and a half. We did one, we did one four tire stop all day hmm. at the, we flipped the second stage. That was it stayed on. It was like, uh, Jonathan Hassler was watching the F1 race. One set of tires, put some fuel in at the end and let him go race it out put himself in position to have a really good day. Held but, his own with old tires yeah, all day. Top five, uh, for the year in the mechanics wear impact score. The one car is still leading, followed by the three, and the 18 car falls from first, which I never thought they'd relinquish the the top spot. But through this little bit of a weird stretch we've had, I, I was I was saying this today, I feel like in the last six weeks, I feel like I haven't competed on pit road since Nashville. It's just been a weird stretch. Uh, f- the four and the two car round out the top five, knocking the nine car out. So a little bit of a shakeup there. We'll see where that goes to finish out the regular season here for the next four or five weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, people want to ask, was Larson's wreck? A parts failure. And Bob Pockers broke the news that there was no such failure. So I wanted to go dig in in a little bit. What was the culprit of the FIFAR coming in about trying to kill Tyrone Dillon? Um, And it seems as though he tried to drive into the braking zone about two, actually, technically is 153 feet deeper than what the deepest I went into turn one. My brake marker was about a 680, 700 to 680 was my brake marker. uh, And I couldn't get 10 more feet in there without missing the corner. Uh, He went 153 feet further than that, got to the brakes once, realized he wasn't going to make the corner, and then got off the brakes to try to go in front of the 42 and miss him. That's why he was going 100. Not
3: just got off the brakes, got to the gas.
0: He tried to go wide open as he was sideways once he saw the 42 make the corner. Uh, Definitely a big whoopsie out of the five this week. Slight miscalculation. Slight miscalculation by, I don't know, 50 yards, 50 yards is
3: pretty... half a football field. Half a ball-
0: but football But how quickly does that come at 130 mile an hour? I don't know. Some math guru can probably whip it up pretty quick. Seems like yeah. that. Uh, maybe two shakes
3: of a lamb's tail. Oh. Dude, we've both like gotten that. our ass chewed for bunting or kicking a kickball at the wrong time by Cliff Daniels. What do you think that conversation was like? <laughs> it was probably just like... What
1: th- are you doing, Kyle? The corner oh. is there. It's been there all race long. It's been there.
0: Every single lap... Ex- Except even the one where you wrecked.
1: I noticed what that, are uh, you doing? that that uh, Denny Hamlin had on an Elvis shirt, so Larson was just, as Merriman says, driving until he saw Elvis. He drove past Elvis <laughs> said, I
0: want, I want the after show.
2: <laughs> he went for the encore.
0: <laughs> went for the encore. Uh, man, luckily, Tyrone was there to catch him, or he would have been in the dirt track. Jeez. The did midget track that? in turn three. Uh, good, but, you know. You can't hit every corner. I mean, you can only be an unbelievable race car driver 99.9% of the time.
3: Sometimes you just f*** up. If if we're being honest, he hit the corner pretty good. He He was the only one that hit the corner that hard all week. He
0: hit and nailed it. Nailed it. So, uh, Kyle Larson, folks, breaking news, is human. We saw a mistake out of Kyle Larson. We don't see the, those very often.
2: So maybe, maybe the race car just wasn't good enough to make the corner that fast, Corey. That's true. Yeah, it's Cliff's fault. It is. If if
0: yeah, if Cliff would have made that thing be able to handle a braking zone 153 foot deeper, then he would have made the corner just fine. So good job, Cliff. It's your fault. And I digress because we have given you guys so much A plus content. We will get into briefly the Penny Stack of the week. We're just gonna wave, Penny, for your thoughts. There are some good ones. We'll just carry these over to next week. Couple good penny stacker of the weeks. One, Chuck. Yes. Did you see who I posted with on Twitter? Yes, the Glizzy Gladiator himself. Yes, how's this, Joey how's, Chestnut? Joey Takedown Chestnut. Freaking jealous with the boot on the whole deal. We did walk he have at, the boot on still. He had Das boot on. Uh-huh. Uh, we walk out of Harry and Izzy's about 10 o'clock at night. This cat. With a boot on, looks very similar to Joey Chestnut, walks out of St. Elmo's. And I'm like 15 feet away. I said, Holy, shit, you're Joey Chestnut. I said that to myself. I didn't say that to Joey you. Chestnut. Oh, I wasn't within like, earshot. No, no. Okay. So I get closer and I realize he has hot dogs on his shirt. I don't know where he lives, but Joey Chestnut was walking out of St. Elmo's and I fangirled over him. I said, Holy, shit, holy shit, you're Joey Chestnut. How you doing? Shook his hand. Didn't tell him who I was. Didn't know nothing. Gave uh buddy a phone. Shot the picture. Put it on Twitter, and uh, you know that was the highlight celebrity list of the week.
3: How many shrimp cocktails do you think he ate? What I, asked, no
0: him, I asked him was this: so How many tomahawk steaks could you put down in ten minutes? He goes, enough to win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <a stud>. Welcome <laughs> to, the to the show. And I stud. said, I love
0: the confidence. <laughs> love the confidence. I wonder how short his life's going to be on the back end of all. He's from those.
1: Vallejo, California.
0: So, huh. I don't know what he was doing in town. Uh, maybe he was eating, you know, little all-you-can-eat Probably watching cocktail. the Verizon 200. Might have been. <laughs> Love to have him out as a NASCAR fan. Penny Stagger of the week number two. Uh, Ryan Gray from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, I went to IRP for the – I went to help out Black Mamba. Great job, by the way, Black Mamba, if you're listening. I was walking out about 20 laps into the truck race. The line for the bathroom was like 50 feet long backed up across like the way to walk to the parking lot so I got my head down kind of walking out and about 20 feet away I see somebody right in the middle of the line wearing a stack and pennies throwback shirt the Marty Robbins car and I'm like oh love of course Porter let me go dap this guy up right quick so he was actually on like directly in my path to walk to the car so I walked down I'm kind of like I was just gonna do like a pass by like hey man nice to see you and I, and I get close, and I was like, nice shirt, dog. Give him some knuckles. And, like, he kind of looks at me, and he's like, holy You are you of the joy Fumbles with his phone. He's like, man, I, I know you're not supposed to ask, but can I be Penner Stacker of the Weekend?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know
0: what? That goes against all qualifications of the Penny Sacker of the Week if you asked to be Penny Sacker of the Week. But just because you're so pumped up, I asked him where he came from. And if it was the state of Indiana, I probably would have been disqualified. But the fact that he was out of town, drove from there to Indianapolis. Ryan Gray, you, sir, are the Penny Sacker of the Week. Congratulations. But you know who else is the Penny Sacker of the Week? Everybody listen to this show because it was a marathon of a show. Like, review, subscribe, five stars, all the things. Uh, to keep this show going so we can have guests like DH and Tyler Reddick and people that win on the show, and I get to talk to them. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for stacking pennies.